0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about how people under stress
1: can find a new normal surprisingly quickly and how the Mercury 13 should have been the first women in space.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: If you've been in lockdown for the last several months, you may have noticed a change. During the first few weeks, it may have been confusing and scary and impossible to focus on anything but the news. But if you're like me, you eventually got used to this new normal. If this sounds familiar, then this new study will too. It finds that people under stress are able to bounce back much faster than we might think, even when they're still experiencing the stressful event. In the past, research on stress mostly looked at people's long-term recovery after the stressor disappeared. As a result, all of the evidence we have says that people recover slowly, and only once they're not under stress anymore. But this new research took a different approach, and it came to a much different answer. For the new study, researchers had 122 employees fill out a quick survey three times a day for two weeks to assess how they were doing during the pandemic. The questions were simple, asking about their current stress level, how powerless they felt, and how much they felt like themselves. The study came at the perfect time, on March 16, 2020. It was the first week of stay-at-home orders and school closures in the U.S., just after the World Health Organization declared that COVID-19 had reached pandemic status. So what did they find? Well, in the early days of the pandemic, people felt really powerless and very inauthentic. The world was changing fast, and they were being told what they couldn't do and where they couldn't go. It was scary. But over just two weeks, the participants felt more in control and more like their old selves. But that's not because their situation improved. They felt like their stress levels were rising at the same time. That shows that the people in the study were able to adjust to their new normal really quickly. Interestingly, the more neurotic participants in the study, that is, those with a tendency toward anxiety and vulnerability, they fared the best. They had more extreme stress reactions at first, but then recovered even faster than the other study participants. The researchers think this might be because they're better equipped to navigate stress. After all, they do it a lot already. Overall, this is very good news. As bad as things might get, we can have faith that our brains will adjust quickly to help us feel normal again, even if the world is anything but.
0: You've probably heard of the Mercury-7. The men who became the first astronauts in the United States. You know, John Glenn, Alan Shepard, those guys. But have you heard of the Mercury 13? They should have been the first women in space. They were qualified. They were trained. They were ready to go. But it was the late 1950s, so they never got the chance. Here's their story. It began with Dr. Randy Lovelace, a NASA physician who designed the physiological tests for the Mercury 7. Lovelace envisioned a future full of huge space stations staffed by dozens of people and naturally assumed that traditional women's roles would be needed there too. So he set out to determine whether women could withstand the challenges of space travel, privately, without the support of either the Air Force or NASA. He invited 25 female pilots to his foundation and subjected them to the same tests he ran on the Mercury 7. And incredibly, many of the women tested better than the men had, On average, they showed superior cardiopulmonary function and lasted longer in isolation and sensory deprivation tests. With those impressive results, Lovelace's program got its funding from another female aviator named Jacqueline Cochran, who also happened to be a businesswoman with money. Eventually, the program whittled its recruits down to 13, but they never made it into space. Remember, the military never had anything to do with this program. And NASA didn't have any plans to put women into space. In 1962, with the bulk of their training already behind them, the 13 women had to argue their case before Congress. And they didn't win, and Lovelace's program withered away. The next year, the USSR became the first country to put a woman in orbit. Remember them? But even though the Mercury 13 didn't succeed, they did pave the way for other women to head to the stars. It took the U.S. another 20 years to finally send its first female astronaut, Sally Ride, into space. And another 12 before U.S. astronaut Colonel Eileen Collins became the country's first female pilot in space. The good news is that we've come a long way, but the bad news is that it took us a really long time. Still, though, things are looking up. Up towards the stars, Ashley. Maybe you'll be next.
1: Maybe. No, I, I don't think so. Didn't you tell me one time you wouldn't go into space if you had the chance? I've changed my mind on that. For a really long time throughout my life, I was like, no, I would never want to be an astronaut. That's scary. It's high up. No, thank you. But as I've grown up and I've experienced more of the world, I've realized that, oh, my gosh, what an opportunity that would be. I would definitely want to go. So I've changed my mind.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'd be down. Let's do this. Let's do it. NASA, I know you're listening to this podcast. Elon! (laughs) (laughs) Let's make sure we're clear on today's takeaways, starting with the fact that people can bounce back from a stressful event surprisingly quickly, even when the stress is still happening. So if you've started to feel a new normal in the midst of a global pandemic, you are not alone. I guess that's good.
1: I honestly can't even imagine, like, going to a bar or a wedding anymore. I mean, I know it'll come back, but right now I'm just like, yep, this is life now. This is how it is.
0: got to remember, my thing was theater and concerts, especially with the kinds of shows I went to. I mean, I went to EDM shows. Like, there are no seats. Right. I wasn't sitting in the stands anywhere. I, you know, I was packed in with hundreds of people <laughs> shoving their way past each other. And it, it's just, yeah, all the all of that, it seems very... Very far away in time.
1: Definitely. And we also learned that the Mercury 13 were 13 women who were trained as astronauts by the same guy who trained the first American men in space. They never actually went to space, but they paved the way for other female astronauts like Sally Ride and Eileen Collins. Something interesting about the Mercury 13 is that historians kind of hate that name. Nobody ever called them that at the time. And a filmmaker actually just came up with the name because it was catchy. At the time, they were actually called Lovelace's Women in Space Program or the First Lady Astronaut Trainees. And I think their big problem with it is that saying it's the Mercury 13 makes it seem like it was a NASA program like the Mercury 7. But like we said, it really wasn't.
0: It also erases gender from it.
1: Oh, that's a good point. It makes you think like, oh, these are astronauts,
0: right? Like, yeah, Mercury 13. That doesn't tell me who the 13 were, or that they were all women. I mean, come on, filmmakers, what are you doing?
1: Well, that, no, I mean, I think, I think that's smart, right? You hear Mercury 7, you think astronauts. You hear lady astronauts, and you're like, what? (laughs) I mean, I'm not, but you know, some people do. (laughs) But like, if you say Mercury 13, you're like, oh, those are astronauts. Then you're like, by the way, they were women. And then you're like, oh, all right, they're women astronauts.
0: Language is very complicated, and I could see a lot of people getting super angry about either explanation. (laughs) True. In short, I will not be discussing the Mercury 13 on Twitter, (laughs) because I don't want to deal with it. I think that's smart. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Ruben Westmiss and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Embrace that new normal. Just make sure that Curiosity Daily is part of your normal routine. And then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.